Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Mind Your Own podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And in our previous episode, we talked about all good things because it had been a not so good week on mm-hmm. a number of fronts. And I'm afraid to say it has only gotten worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally, to say it the has least. gotten worse. Um, I, I want to be clear. Uh, we don't stick to sports on this podcast, so it's hard to know what direction it will go. But uh, there are a lot of conversations that require much more nuance in time than we have for this. But mm-hmm. um, there is a lot. There's just a lot very much like I can say personally, just been very heavy on my heart mm-hmm. um, between what's going on in Afghanistan to what's going on here um, in the United States as far as COVID-19. I know many of you have children going back to school, which is both exciting and complex at the same time. And I just want to start this episode by saying, as a reminder, it is okay to feel complex feelings and it's okay to mm-hmm. feel multiple ways about multiple things. You do not have to have this like drawn like this line in the sand feeling about things where you're here and I'm here, Mm -hmm. this and that, like you can feel complex feelings. So just wanted to start. (laughs) That's like just putting it lightly. It's, and it's important to just like feel your feelings. You don't have to like have a a hundred percent explanation for everything that you're Mm -hmm. feeling because there's just so much stuff going on um, that, I don't know how anyone wouldn't feel complex feelings, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know what? I'm going to link this in the show notes at hillvarsity.com. So if you want to go watch this TikTok, TikTok, but I'm serious. (laughs) It's worth the three minutes to do it. There is this, um, there is this, uh, it's a TikTok that I watched just yesterday and he is a veteran. He fought in Afghanistan, had spent um, many years there and he gave such an incredible three minute answer to why he has complex feelings and how it's not black and white and how you can't just say, why don't you feel this way or that way or this way? And um, I'm going to link that in the show notes because if anyone is looking for kind of an understanding of how people with very, very direct knowledge of a situation can feel many different complex feelings. He did a phenomenal job. So I'm going to link that. I think for many of you who are maybe trying to like kind of wade through your own thoughts, he does an exceptional job. Um, He just did a really, really great job. It is stuck with me since I watched it. So we're going to link that now. Sasha, we did get um, some people who shared some good things that happened to them. But first, before I dive into one of those emails, I am curious, since our last episode, how, how are you? How, how is life? I don't know. <laughs> um, honestly, you know, one of those complex feelings is um, 
you know, kids are going back to school. Mm -hmm. And as we know, if you're paying attention to the news, there's obviously um, another spike in numbers for as far as COVID goes. And it's just, um, I don't know. I I have a lot of complex feelings around it. Um, And he he just started high school. So like this is, you know, and, and for this is a third school year that we're starting with kids that are affected, you know, that during this pandemic and um, I'm excited for him to be in high school, but also, you know, it's, it's gotta be kind of crazy for him right now because he really went for not even an entire semester of middle school. And so um, jumping from elementary school to not very much middle school to straight to high school. um, I know how much of an adjustment that was for me when I was in school. Um, So I just hope that, that everybody who's going back to school year has as safe as a school year as they can and that it there's some enjoyment in it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing that no matter what, I, I think we always hope for the health and safety and best of everyone listening to your, for your children, for the yes. people that, you know, um, when we talk about those complex feelings, it's OK to be excited, concerned, um, happy, you know, not sure like there are so many things that you can feel at once because you know that's if if nothing else I would say the last year and a half getting close to almost two years has taught me is just how to be more empathetic Mm -hmm. not toward just myself but toward others where I'm not telling you that you need to go and be empathetic towards somebody who's spewing misinformation and conspiracy theories like that's not what I'm saying and I know I've prefaced that on this podcast before where I'm there are certain areas where yes you can draw a line and create your boundaries and be um, cognizant of what what people might be saying where you're like, right. nope, that's where the line is. Um, but I do mean just like in general, I think a lot of people have complex feelings, even like even people who I saw who went to Garth Brooks, which had, you know, a full stadium for it. There are people who I, I was watching them sort of process this where they're like, I'm having such a good time and also feeling guilty, also mm-hmm. feeling happy, also feeling concerned. Um, I, I watched this range of motions and I think, you know, that is where we're at. And I, I have been trying really hard to find more and more empathy, empathy, not only for myself, but also for others where I acknowledge that we are all doing our best. Mm. And that, that means you may have to have some complicated feelings on things for a while. I think that's just kind of the nature of where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, and I don't think that that like those complicated feelings are coming to an end anytime soon. Mm -mm. So, um, Mm -mm. just, you know, we we say it all the time, but have some grace both for yourself and for other people. Um, like, re- ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all in this together because there's nowhere else to be. This is the only place we know. <laughs> and it, that no. would be Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I will say, I do want to share, um, I'm going to share, uh, her name is Erica. She, had, she emailed us about two different things, and I'm going to start, I'll get to her second email later in the episode, or her second piece of this email later, but she did share a couple of exciting things. Um, well, actually, let me start here. I can't share a video um, in our, like, you're obviously listening to us, you're not watching, but I do want to say, Danny, who is a frequent emailer of the show, she listens, she's incredible, she has had a daughter during the like mm. time that we have been hosting this podcast, super, super cute, cute 
wonderful baby. Um, she did send us a movie and photo of just like her joy um, and being such a joyful baby. Uh, so that was another good thing that we received. And awesome. I 100% Danny, Danny has the cutest baby. Um, <laughs> True. But then Erica also said, and she gave permission to share that she has two daughters at Nebraska and both are in the marching band. They were both in it in 2020, but there was no way to see them ever. They got to do one afternoon in the stadium for pictures i know that they uh, were able to be in this this is me adding my little like two, two. Mm. <laughs> they were able to like i know they recorded like a pre thing that showed during certain parts of the stadium for the family and friends that were there um they got to practice and cook pavilion all season or they practice and cook pavilion all season and pr- prepared those few short videos that i was talking about this year, she's excited because they do get to see them in person mm-hmm. at games. She's always loved Husker games, but this is even better. And it starts with the band exhibition, which um, I just want to throw out there really quick. If you ever need a really feel good thing, um, the band does exhibitions, but also does pregame like uh, practices mm-hmm. in the stadium prior to all the festivities on game day. If you have never done that, I really recommend going. It's so fun. Nebraska puts a lot of time and attention and love into its marching band. So if you ever have the opportunity to go watch them in these exhibitions or in those pregame practices in the stadium, go and do it because it's so worth it. I enjoy sitting sometimes in the press box and just watching them. It's something I actually missed last year. Um, Her youngest daughter starting high school, um, starting her senior year of high school, it's not 100% what they imagined it to be, but hopeful that it will feel a little bit more like normal. Erica, how did you know that this (laughs) was what we were talking about? She said, kind of sad, happy thing, but lots of exciting things to come. So again, it's okay to feel complex feelings. But on the third point, her dad was diagnosed with cancer earlier in the summer, but after one treatment, he is starting to feel significantly better for the first time since early July. So Those are all very good, happy things. I'm so happy to hear for your dad that he's feeling better and also just continued health and happiness to um, your whole family and to your daughters as they start school years in their various, various areas. But that's why we talk about sometimes just remind yourself of the good, because when you're feeling all those complex things, just sitting with like the things that make you happy can honestly, it's just a long way. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a game changer. Mm-hmm. This focusing on the good stuff, like maybe there isn't a whole lot of it right now for like, depending on where you're at in, in life right now, but there's something, there's at least one thing. hundred percent. And one of my, one of my favorite things that a number of Peloton instructors kind of say in different ways, but, um, Maddie is one of my favorite instructors and he often says, um, inhale the good shit, exhale the bullshit. Mm. And they, they all kind of have different variations of that. But I, I love that because a lot of times it's like, sometimes I think it's just taking a deep breath and being like, you know what, I can control what I can control. And I can also take, you know, sometimes it's just removing things that don't serve you. Mm-hmm. I, I unfriended somebody on Facebook today. I haven't talked to this person since high school. Yeah. I don't know them. It appears that they have gotten married, have kids. Um, but some of the stuff that they were posting, like, I understand not creating echo chambers, but some of the things that they were posting, I'm like, you know, it's not even about creating echo chambers. It's about, they're not making me feel good. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm literally like feeling bad reading what they're sharing. And it just was like, is this what I want in my space? Is this, is this the healthiest 
thing for me to allow this person access to my space to only make myself feel not good. Yeah. So I think it's okay sometimes to like draw, to have your boundaries, to draw your lines, make sure you protect your space. But also when you need a reminder, write down the things that like just make you feel good. Do make you feel good. Yeah. We all, we all need them. And like Sasha said, I think it's going to be a while that we live in a world of complicated feelings. Yeah. I, I, I do want to reiterate that drawing those boundaries is like one, it's super healthy to do that. Um, you're advocating for yourself when you do that. I had to do that recently too. Um, I, I saw somebody post something the other day, but it was basically along the lines of just because you've known somebody for a long time, doesn't mean that you have to be friends with them anymore if they're shitty. Um, so, uh, I recently just did the same thing, like long, long time friends. Um, but I just didn't have room for, it was, the relationship was becoming toxic and I just Mm -hmm. didn't need that in my life. I'm almost 40 years old. I don't, uh, I just don't need it. So advocating for yourself is drawing boundaries. Advocate for yourself. Oh, I love that. This is actually perfect. (laughs) We have, we kind of have something that we, let's just say that this episode is very much going to focus on women in sports as many Mm -hmm. of our episodes do, but, um, knowing your boundaries, uh, being your own advocate. Uh, let's, let's talk about Naomi Osaka really quick. Mm -hmm. Uh, some news came out in the last couple of days. In fact, this is the other piece of what Erica emailed us about. And she was sharing some concern over the way that, um, this press conference was being reported. So I'm just going to read the headline from the New York times. Naomi Osaka struggles in return to tournament news conference. And then The subhead is Osaka, who quit the French Open in May by saying press commitments worsened her anxiety, burst into tears and left the room after a question her agent said was asked to intimidate. Now, I I don't love I don't love the way that this is framed Mm -hmm. on The New York Times because it makes it sounds so for the record, many people only read headlines. In fact, yep. I was very frustrated by some of the headlines, for instance, I saw about people commenting around Afghanistan because news entities were taking like little pieces of the overall quote to very much. It's for the record, like if you're ever wondering what clickbait is, it's not clickbait. I want to be clear. It's not even clickbait. It's it's enticing because you want to click on it. But clickbait is literally when what is being presented in the headline is not what the story is saying at all. In many instances, it is what the story is saying. It's just more elaborate mm-hmm. than what the headline suggested. Now, you could make the argument to me, well, isn't that kind of clickbait? Yes, but it's not a bait and switch situation. So in a lot of cases, what these headlines are doing is they want to entice you to read them. Mm -hmm. They want you to click on it. Yes, they want to bait you into it, which again, kind of is clickbaity. I'm just saying like, it's not, it's not always as um, malicious as I think people think it is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my point is I think people look at it and go, what were they thinking? They want you to click on the article. The problem is, is people only read the headlines. So Mm -hmm. like if somebody only only reads this headline they think wow she three months three months she she is away from this she comes back and this is immediately what happens Mm -hmm. is she leaves in tears i want to read the espn headline naomi osaka briefly steps away from video news conference ahead of western and southern open it's a very different headline 
Very different. So I'm going to just read the piece from, and I will link both of these so that you can kind of see the dis, the, the difference Contrast, between yeah. them, um, how they were reported as well. Because the New York Times report of it, and I want to be clear, I'm a subscriber to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I support the New York Times, but that doesn't mean everything that they do is great. And it doesn't mean everything I agree with. So here's, I'm going to actually just give you the comparison. Here's the the beginning of both of these. This is the New York Times. Naomi Osaka's return to the news conference format after, format after a three and a month hiatus, after a three month hiatus went smoothly for three questions on Monday ahead of the Western and Southern Open in Mason, Ohio. But Osaka, the Japanese tennis star, ended up in tears after answering the fourth query, which came from Paul Dougherty, a sports columnist for the Cincinnati Inquirer. He questioned how she could balance her resistance to news conferences with the fact that her outside interests were served by having a media platform. Osaka soon left the room to compose herself while the camera in use for this remote interview session was switched off she returned five minutes later sorry for walking out she said before before completing the news conference in shortened form here is here is espn's Naomi Osaka briefly stepped away from a pre-tournament video news conference Monday ahead of the Western and Southern Open, her first media session since representing Japan at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. A reporter asked how Osaka's training for the upcoming hardcourt season was progressing and for her thoughts on the events in Haiti, where a 7.2 magnitude earthquake on Saturday has left more than 1,300 dead. Osaka's father, Leonard Francois, is a native of Haiti, and she pledged to donate her winnings from the tournament to help the country. Osaka put her head down and was fighting back tears as the reporter said, sorry. The tennis star responded with, no, you're super good. But the news conference moderator asked for a quick break before continuing. I'm going to just give a little bit more here. After stepping away for four minutes, the news conference moderator and Osaka could be heard off mic discussing how to proceed. The moderator offered to do whatever made Osaka most comfortable and then suggested Osaka could answer the last question asked to her before taking a break and then switching to speak with Japanese media. Prior to the question about Haiti, Osaka was asked by a reporter about this from the Cincinnati Inquirer about how she balances not, quote unquote, not being crazy about dealing with us being the media with needing a media platform her for her outside interests. So here I just want to give the exchange because this is kind of the rub that has happened. And the mm-hmm. reason I wanted to talk about this really quick, which is totally different than what I told Sasha we were going to talk about, but I think it's important. This kind of just started hitting my news timeline this morning mm-hmm. and I want to bring this up. Here's the full exchange, and I'm going to link all of this. I'm reading from ESPN right now, but I switched back and forth between the New York Times and ESPN. I'm going to link both of them at hailvarsity.com because I would like for you to be able to go read them if you want to, and please know that these are not my words. The reporter says, you are not crazy about dealing with us, especially in this format, yet you have a lot of outside interests that are served by having a media platform. I guess my question is, how do you balance the two? And also, do you have anything you'd like to share about what did you say about Simone Biles? Osaka responds, when you say I'm not crazy about dealing with you guys, what, what does that refer to? He responds, well, you've stated, too, that you especially don't like the press conference format, and yet that seems to be obviously the most widely used means of communicating to the media and through the media to the public. To which Osaka says, hmm, that's interesting. I would say the occasion, like when to do the press conferences is when I feel it is the most difficult, but sorry, I'm thinking. The moderator says, I think we can move on to the next question, Naomi. Do you want to move on? Osaka says, um, no, I'm actually very interested in this point of view. So if you could repeat it, that would be awesome. So she's giving this person the time. She's mm-hmm. not she's not running out on this question. The assumption that she burst into tears at this because moment and of ran this out question. of the room yeah. 
is not what happened. So right. the reporter, the reporter furthers goes further with the question. The question was that you're not especially fond of dealing with the media, especially in this format. You've suggested there are better, better ways to do it. My question was, I guess, was you have this outside interest beyond tennis that are served by having the platform that the media presents to you. How do you think you might be able to best balance the two? Here's her answer. For me, I feel like this is something that I can't really speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. But ever since I was younger, I've had a lot of media interest on me. And I think it's because of my background as well. As you know, how I play, because in the first place, I am a tennis player. That's why a lot of people are interested in me. So I would say in that regards, I'm quite different to a lot of people that I can't really help that there are some things that I tweet or some things that I say that kind of created a lot of news articles or things like that. And I know that it's because I've won a couple of grand slams and I've gotten to do a lot of press conferences that these things happen. But I I would also say I'm not really sure how to balance the two. I'm figuring out at the same time as you are, I would say. So then the next question immediately goes into everything that's going on in mm-hmm. Haiti and or excuse me, the question prior to that was about Haiti. And so then she's continuing with the news conference and it seems that it all bubbled up. Yeah. It just for a young woman who has talked about her anxiety and about how difficult this was all. Now I will be, I will be Frank. Her agent tweeted this afterward and said the bully at the Cincinnati Inquirer is the epitome of why player media relations are so fraught right now. Everyone on the zoom will agree that his tone was all wrong and his sole purpose was to intimidate. And I, excuse me, if I said tweet, uh, her agent texted this to people. I will agree with the New York times on this. What her agent said is a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that reporter walked in with the intention to intimidate or whether the tone was intended to be taken the way it was, we've talked about intent and impact. The intent may have been one thing. The impact was clearly another. Mm-hmm. As a member of the media myself, as somebody who sits in press conferences, I am hyper aware of how my body language and how the way I ask things can come across. Mm-hmm. I have been in situations where I've asked questions that I felt were very fair or I feel have been very well intentioned and the person on the other end did not receive those questions in the way I thought they would. Um, I think there's a lot of potential here for deeper conversation on just how media and our, the people that we are interview can work with one another Mm -hmm. and have a better understanding for one another. My biggest issue in this whole storyline though, and this is what Erica emailed us about, is a lot of people walked away from this thinking that she basically was a big baby and ran away and didn't come back. There's So this is what Erica wrote. The impression is that she's some entitled baby. That's obviously not true, but the media is still being a part of the problem mm-hmm. here, even if there's belief that some of it is supporting her. The making news out of nothing kind of angle here yeah. is a little bit of... it. The idea that there are a lot of headlines, and Erica's right. I went out and did my due diligence. I went and looked to see uh, what are some of the headlines out there. Yeah. And so I pulled the two that I felt like are from fairly reputable sources, one being ESPN, one being New York Times. And as somebody who works in having to write headlines sometimes and has messed them up, mm-hmm. let me just put it this way. The New York Times is not fair because it basically implies that like she 
her struggles in return to tournament news conference, what does that mean? Does it, is it the returning to right. the room after the question? Is it struggling to return in general? It, it's just a little um, problematic for me. Yeah. Now, I would honestly say ESPN's was probably a, like the most like basic briefly steps so away. <laughs> well, like, and that's that like as a headline like that is going to make me click on it to further read because it's not saying one thing or the other. It's just saying that she stepped away. All these other ones, you know, that I'm finding, um, Osaka steps away from news conference after question on a relationship with the media. Okay, that's true, but that's like implying that the only reason she walked away was because it was a question about the media, which she answered. But if you're relying on people to actually click on the you know, headline to actually further read the article, someone's going to read that and be like, oh, well, just the headline, I mean, not the article. Yeah, and I guess, like, I also want to say that her agent, Stuart DeGuide, continued in that statement. I didn't even see the full statement. This, To be fair, the New York <laughs> Times didn't have the full statement. ESPN has the full statement. He had continued on and said... Everyone on the Zoom will agree that his tone was all wrong and his sole purpose was to intimidate. It was really appalling behavior. And this insinuation that Naomi owes her off-court success to the media is a myth. Don't be so self-indulgent. I mean, I can understand where an agent's coming from. We also have to remember an agent's purpose is Mm. to um, 100% back who they're working for. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing when I watched the video myself knowing kind of what we know about Naomi Osaka and how transparent she has been Mm -hmm. is she clearly for a number of reasons was overwhelmed by the questions, whether some of that was still um, overwhelming from the question on Haiti that went into a question about her relationship with the media. Now she had also been asked about her mental health earlier in this press conference. So there, this is a lot of heavy topics. Mm -hmm. Like this is a lot. And it clearly became overwhelming from her. She stepped away and she came back and finished the interview or finished the press conference. It may not have been um, what everyone was hoping for. It may not have been this like giant return to like doing these press conferences, but I really can't, I really cannot explain how difficult some of these press conference situations are for some people. Yeah. We've talked about this. We've talked about this on this podcast, and I'm going to bring him up again. I remember when J.D. Spielman was at Nebraska, he was always one person that, like, I would have loved to have talked to. But unfortunately, if we would have had his time, it would have 99% of the time been at the press conference podium because he would have been so requested that doing these one-offs would not have been an effective use of his time, especially for a collegiate setting. But... It, it was always a bummer because I would have loved to have talked to him, but I also understood why he was hesitant. He, he didn't love that format. Mm-hmm. He, he did not love the idea of standing at a podium and having a room of eyes on him, asking him questions right. that just wasn't his thing. And I will say having had experienced JD in other environments, like when he would do um, photo shoots for our yearbook and other things. And this is the same, the same person who shows up with a full thing of grills that he pops in. Mm. He's wearing different color contacts. He's got, he had these like really cool red contacts, but he shows up and he's just got this big 
vibrant, like people are not going to believe me when I say this because (laughs) you don't get to see it when it's not in those settings. But he had this like fun personality. Mm -hmm. His teammates loved to kind of play around with him and joke with him. He liked to do the same to them. Yes. I wish the world could have seen that Mm -hmm. in a press conference setting, but that was not what served J.D. Spielman. Yeah, it just it wasn't. And in the case of Naomi Osaka, this is just not an environment where she thrives. So to like the question itself to ask her how she kind of merges those two together. And a lot of the a lot of people who were calling and I'm not saying the reporter did this, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people called her a hypocrite for being able to do magazine photo shoots and being able to do Mm -hmm. this and that. Those environments are very different. Yeah. I want to just, I just want to say like, they're very different. And to kind of insinuate that, like, if you're not good in this space, you can't be good here. Right. That's not what that means at all. And I just, I'm so massively frustrated for her because I feel like she has now gotten herself painted into a situation where people are going to view her in these settings as, well, she, she can't just doesn't want to talk to us. Right. She can't win. She can't because people are like uh, obviously at this point it comes across to me like they they want to have her back her into that corner without like giving any any like forethought to me you know like every single person doesn't like you said thrive in certain specific environments I am I love being I can like get up and give a speech in front of people I'm okay with Mm -hmm. doing that my husband however is not very much not okay with that, but he thrives in a one-on-one environment. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just different environments that people thrive in that other people don't. And to put the assumption on that, Oh, if you deal with the media, you have to deal with the media and every single situational aspect of it isn't fair to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's putting a lot of assumptions on one person. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started covering Cam- Cameron Jurgens. Um, mm-hmm. He like he never really spoke. Now that people see him at these press conferences, are like, "Oh, beef jerky, jerky." He's so funny. He's so like big personality. But like when he first came to Nebraska, he was fairly reserved or quiet, kind of kept a little bit more to himself. But I remember the day I followed Adrian Martinez around for our story in the gosh, now that would have been what the 2019 yearbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam had a lot of classes with him and I got to see a personality that just hadn't yet come out mm-hmm. in the setting that people then would have seen it. And so I think just being cognizant that these athletes are humans right. just like everyone else. And so there are things that they are good at things that they're not good at things that they enjoy things that they don't enjoy, because here's the thing that really bummed me out. Out of the whole thing that happened with Naomi, the piece that got missed is this. Naomi Osaka is donating the prize money, her prize money from this tournament to Haitian earthquake relief efforts. I'm reading from CNN now. She has pledged to donate her earnings from next week's Western and Southern Open to support earthquake relief efforts in Haiti, the Caribbean nation her father hails from. The four-time Grand Slam champion announced her pledge in response to the 7.2 magnitude quake that struck the impoverished country on Saturday, killing at least 304 people and injuring hundreds. It really hurts to see all of the devastation that's going on in Haiti, and I feel like we really can't catch a break, Osaka had tweeted. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm about to play a tournament this week and I'll give all of the prize money to relief efforts for Haiti. I know our ancestors' blood is strong and we will keep rising. So, of course, this is something that was discussed 
in the press conference mm-hmm. because she had tweeted that she had planned to do this. Um, it's not that this other part isn't newsworthy. I don't right. want to suggest what is and isn't, but this story got buried. It absolutely yeah. got buried. I mean, the good that did this, come out of the press conference got completely buried because people, I don't know, again, an assumption, but you're going with, you know, the, the headline that's going to get the most reaction. It seems like, and I want to be, I want to be clear. I do want to be clear about this though. So the piece that I just read from CNN was published on Sunday. The death count has has significantly increased since then. So if you heard me say it earlier as 1300 in ESPN's article, it's because ESPN was published two days later. A lot more is known that earthquake is tragic. When we said that like things have just not gotten better as far as like any kind of good news, like this is like, uh, I'm just like, just at a loss for words. Um, so I, I do just wanted to point that out that if you're like, wait, you said this earlier and now it's this, I'm reading from an article on CNN that is a couple of days old at this point. Um, so my apologies for any confusion that may have created. I did not mean to do that, but I mostly just wanted to like show that like CNN had covered this. And then by the time they got to the press conference, it just sort of, now there's going to be somebody out there. I promise you who's going to be like, well, and she should have just sat there and sucked it up at the press conference because okay. she's the reason that people aren't talking about that <laughs> again, allowing grace and allowing people to exist and have complex feelings on all kinds of things. Like Naomi may understand and appreciate the uh, coverage that she receives while also not enjoying maybe the process in which it has to come about. Like those things can happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. It does not have to exist this or this. Like the fact that Simone Biles is able to go and give press conferences and be like an absolutely little bright ball of sunshine even when she doesn't need to be in and I mean that like she's not always like smiling and happy nor does she need to be but she will show up and do those press conferences Mm -hmm. a strength of hers yes that is something that like good good on her but like that is not what everyone is good at like she she there are times where I'm like Simone Biles does not own owe us a damn thing Neither does Naomi Osaka. Not, neither does any of these athletes. They don't owe a damn thing. Yeah. And so one to make comparisons is silly, and I'm not making them. I just want to be, I, gosh dang it, I keep saying that. <laughs> Sky, wherever you are, enjoy your drink. Um, I just, my point with that is, is like to go, well, you know, Simone can talk about this and seem okay, They're or this person can do. people. Different people. Different people. Let them, let them have their strengths. Let them have the things that they that is what makes the world go round yes. is people being good at things, somebody being better here and not, it's just. It's literally oh. the beauty of being a human being. <laughs> well, and just, here's the other thing too. Like if you've never had an anxiety attack before or ever, never experienced anxiety, it's really difficult to understand what that actually feels like. And everybody's anxiety is different. I had an anxiety attack driving from Sioux city the rest of the way to Sioux Falls for no reason. My thoughts were racing. My heart was pounding. I couldn't freaking focus on anything. I had to make sure that I just focused on the road in front of me. Like I couldn't carry a conversation on at that point in time because I was so focused in just getting there. And if you've never experienced anxiety in any way, if you get one question and it gives you anxiety in some way, it's going to throw off the rest of the press conference and you might need a second just to freaking breathe. I'm just saying. Exactly. I'm just so, my, my brain is just, <laughs> ugh. I just, 
I want to say, I want to say thank you to Erica for mm. uh, sending an email. She, um, I, I appreciated her, the nuance that she provided in her email to us as well of just how she processed this of like watching the headlines and kind of responding and figuring out like what is actually happening. And I think that this is actually a really good moment to kind of reflect on, like, especially with misinformation and how rampant it is Mm. that if you look at something and you look at a headline and your gut reaction is that doesn't seem right or that doesn't seem that seems something feels fishy about that open the article and read it and make sure that what you're reading is actually matching what that headline says, but also go do more reading. So like, for instance, I had, we just experienced that New York times and ESPN, both, I would say approach that story differently. Mm -hmm. I can walk away understanding why each outlet took the angle that they did because we all are trying to get people interested in reading what we put out into the world. Um, so I can understand it, but I think I am more equipped and I think I'm more equipped and better able to understand this story Yeah, because I have not read both. Because for instance, if I only read the New York Times article, I would not have realized that her agent released a larger statement than what the New York Times provided. Yeah. If I had only read ESPN, I may have missed the video that the New York Times put in right. their article that I was then able to watch and see for myself there's benefits to spending time with stories and looking at them because otherwise that is how misinformation spreads. And I have seen a lot of misinformation. I know we all have, but like it is, it is honestly one of the scariest things to me is my, the misinformation that spreads. And it's all because one person goes, Hey, I heard this. Did you hear this? I've read this one thing. Did you read this? And then when you go and dig a little bit further, you go, I see how you got where you were but you didn't get where it, ne- where it was going. Right. You, you stopped. Like I can see where maybe you almost got there, but, and I think and that's that, not that, to say I'm perfect by the way, <laughs> but it also, you know, I, I think that, that like what you just said helps explain a lot of other things too. And I'm yeah. just gonna, I won't get into what I'm talking about, but we've talked about those topics several times on this podcast. But if, Something doesn't seem right. Read the article and then read several others. I do that every time anymore. Yeah. With anything. It's, just, it's it's honestly like I have, especially like for myself, I'll, I'll give everyone an example. Like I've been really trying to understand more of everything going on in Afghanistan because mm-hmm. it felt like immediately the reaction was just very overwhelming. And when we talk about complex feelings, like I still have very complex feelings, but I'm like, you know what? I, I would like to understand. So I have found a couple of different podcasts, um, one being from the New York times, the daily, um, but some other podcasts that I've been able to listen to. I've read a few different articles. There are some Instagram accounts that are entirely dedicated to just like, here is what you need to know on mm-hmm. these topics. Um, now I'm by no means an expert in any of this space. Like for the record, I am absolutely not going to tell you that like, I know what's going on here, but I feel more informed. I right. mean, I still a hundred percent trust the experts in these spaces to continue to tell me what I need to know. And I will continue to read and I will continue to hopefully absorb as much as I can. But I think that's the other piece of it is like when we, when we look into these things and we start to read stories like about Naomi Osaka, mm-hmm. um, she, in my opinion, is the expert on Naomi Osaka. Right. <laughs> um, no one knows Naomi Osaka better than she does. And so I trust her. 
Yeah. I trust her. I'm not going to trust anyone else to tell me what to think of her. I'm going to trust her because she is her, she is her own expert. And I think a lot of times we do a lot, we see a lot of people who do these things where they're like, I've done my research or I've gone and read these things. I'm going to trust experts who've spent far more time on topics than I ever can yeah. because I believe I'm an expert in my role, in my job to the best of my ability because I've spent time, I've trained myself here. I hope that I am a resource to people because of that. And so I'm going to continue to trust people to be resources to me on topics. So again, when you are looking up information like this story on Naomi Osaka, I would recommend also going and finding stories that are told from the perspective of a mental health professional mm-hmm. because they're going to have a much more nuanced understanding and ability to explain what does an anxiety attack look like? What is going on in a way that like, we don't know. We can go Wikipedia if you don't have it, but that's not like, that does not make you an expert. Right. Yeah. So this episode has taken such a turn (laughs) from where I had like originally told Sasha it would, but like, I'm just very passionate about when I saw these stories about Naomi and I Mm -hmm. saw Erica's email, I was just like, you know, it's important to, you know, have these conversations, though, because like you said, like, I think that just having one more patience is never a bad thing, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but just patience and, and kindness and grace and like just giving a crap about other people. Like you said it perfectly. Who is the expert on Aaron Sorensen? Aaron freaking Sorensen. You know, like you can't I can't tell you how you're feeling. Right. So to like, you're the expert on Sasha, like right. Sasha is her own expert. Like, Oh, it it does get frustrating though. When, when I feel like sometimes the athletes that do come out and advocate for themselves and their mental health get painted into this corner, like, well, I thought that I thought you said you didn't like dealing with the media. Yeah. Maybe in certain aspects of it. Yes. But if it's your own personal account, that's not dealing with the media that's being on social media. It's not the same thing. I mean, I, yes, I, like, I think I go back to Simone Biles. Mm -hmm. Like Simone has probably been one of the most forthcoming with when she talks about her mental health and she talks about what happened to her through USA Gymnastics and the abuse yes. that so many young women, including herself, uh, suffered at the hands of USA Gymnastics and, and the doctor that I am, um, I refuse to say yeah. his name because he doesn't deserve the attention. Nope. Just want to just want to point that out that oftentimes I don't feel certain people deserve their name said because it's just attention that they don't deserve. Um, but she has talked about how she doesn't particularly love to talk about these topics. She doesn't love to have press conference talking about them, but she understands her role in this and the platform that she has. And that if she is not speaking up about it, who is right. And I think a lot of times we see people who say sports are a safe space for me. Don't talk about topics that make me uncomfortable. I escape here. The reason that athletes continue to talk about topics that make you uncomfortable is because it's not about you. They're not circus monkeys. They're not circus elephants, circus performers. Um, They're not here to perform for you. They, they are here to participate in, um, 
by the way, like, I don't know why this just made me like, I have that, like, like the vision of like Dumbo in my head now of like the, the circus peanuts and like Dumbo, like, I don't know why my, my brain is doing this, but I now have a full circus imagery in my head of like, people are not here to perform for you. Um, which has now made my brain start thinking of the greatest showman, which I've never seen. So if you ever want to know how my brain works, that is what is happening right now in my head is I just like totally like flew off into other spaces but my point being is that Simone speaks up and she she puts herself out there because she knows that her voice matters and she knows that she is making a difference for others who maybe don't feel empowered Mm -hmm. so it may stink for her she may not like it it may not be what she wants to do and how she wants to spend her time but she does it anyway right and so I think also acknowledging I think also acknowledging that she, she, whether it be Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, um, Serena Williams, everyone we've ever talked about on this podcast. Yes. um, No, I don't think it's fun to sit at a press conference and tell people the things that go on inside your head and the way that you're feeling. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes they're doing it because they know there's someone out here, out there that's going to hear them and now feel less alone by them doing it. And they're going to make their sports safer and more inclusive. So no, if you are, if you are somebody who thinks I show up for sports because it's a safe place, that's awesome. But let's stop expecting the people who are competing to be these performers for us. Okay. But also one thing that whenever that argument's brought up is like, this is my safe space. Okay. What do you think this space is for that athlete? What if it's their safe space and they feel the most comfortable talking about these things in this space? Ever thought of that? <laughs> I just, every single time I hear someone say that this is my safe space. Okay. Well, it's maybe it's their safe space and this is where they're the most comfortable talking about the things that matter to them. So mm-hmm. maybe just have some grace with the fact that, they're human beings also. I just, (laughs) I mean, seriously. (laughs) So I had originally told Sasha that like, I wanted to talk about women that inspire us in sports, just really go down. That, that was my original thought for this, this episode, but then everything with Naomi Osaka popped up on my timeline and it's just, it really was just sitting with me. And so what I had told Sasha would just be a few minute conversation has now basically been this entire episode, which I think is totally fine. Yes. But because of that, if you want to send us an email, please do. It, it, or you can tweet at us, but it's mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. So again, mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. Or you can tweet at me at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha at Sasha72. Let us know the athletes that inspire you. Mm. It doesn't have to be women if you don't want to. We would love it if it's women. But just the people that have inspired you in sports that you have you have looked up to and gone, if I could be more like them or if I could emulate emulate them in some way or even if not emulate just like they inspire me Mm -hmm. they make me excited to watch them play or perform or do whatever um shoot us a note because that was what we were going to talk about but now I kind of want to know what you all think and we can include them in because what prompted this this conversation and like I said we can dive into this either next week or you know depending on the news that breaks um (laughs) very soon But what I had sent Sasha is that some big news in women's sports came out in the last couple of days. And that is that United States women national team soccer player Carly Lloyd, two time women's World Cup winner, has announced her international retirement from the sport. Mm. This is coming from ESPN. Um, 
Two-time Women's World Cup winner Carly Lloyd officially announced her retirement from the United States Women's National Team on Monday, putting an end to a storied career as the second most capped player in the world soccer history with 128 international goals and two Olympic gold medals. She will retire from international play after the U.S.'s fall friendlies and from club play at the end of the NWSL season. She is 39 years old. She's been hitting, hinting at retirement for a while. I'm going to point out if you see any, um, when we talk about misinformation, if you go Google Carly Lloyd, you're going to get be met with some uh, stories about how she's retiring, not because she's 39 and deserves <laughs> a break, right. um, but because she uh, there's stories about how she's retiring because of disagreements on the national anthem mm-hmm. and everything. I don't know where people are getting these. I've 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 clicked the links for you. Yeah. I don't know where they're getting their information beyond us making assumptions that don't make sense. I actually know where a little of this story is coming from, and I'm not going to bring any cre- credence to it because it's not worth it. Right. Um, but again, I clicked on the links for you so you don't have to. Um, they're really it's a it's a pretty much a straw man um, yeah. story at this point. But anyway, I think going down those paths is unfortunate because it takes away from Carly Lloyd's uh, very career. impressive career. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this headline: "The Secret to Carly Lloyd's Brilliant Career: Her Magnificent Magnificent Fury." Ooh, um, I like that. Really, really liked that. Uh, They said Lloyd seemed determined to play forever. Obviously, that's not possible for anyone to be able to play forever, although there are a number of athletes sites like, oh, if we could just have one more chance Mm. to watch them play, that would be amazing. Um, But yeah, she she has... she, She has gone through a lot um in fact i'm going to just read this little part from the guardian which is um sometimes a questionable resource but i don't mind this story but they explain um she you know she had been demoted at one point in her role Mm -hmm. on the united states team um there was you know hinting at potential retirement sooner to now um she she has I love the word barbs uh, launched some barbs at a soccer journalist mm-hmm. over um, expressing some doubt that she would make the 18 player Olympic roster. Um, she's, she's been fairly, if we want to talk about women who speak up in the media, Carly Lloyd is one of those people who's been pretty insistent on just doing things her way. Mm-hmm. And um, that means when you, when you do that, especially as a woman, you come up against some enemies and you find some people who, uh, don't like you as a result. Um, yeah, they're so again, I'm not going to go into this part of some of the stories that you're seeing about why she's choosing to retire is because she has that. She is a friend of hope solo. And I think it was hope solo who made some comments who spiraled this whole thing into mm. a world of just like, yay, I love that for this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Long story short, she's retiring. The sport will miss her. She, um, she's a very good athlete. Very, very good athlete. Yeah, that's putting it very much. That's putting lightly. it lightly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is those times where you see certain people retire, where you're like, dang. Yeah. It. I don't know. It'll be, um, it won't be the same without her, um, 
playing for that team. And uh, yeah, she's done mm-hmm. a lot of incredible things. Okay. I just have to point this out too. Sorry for derailing this a little bit, but I think it's important. So a lot of the reason that you're seeing stories with her and her feelings on standing for the national anthem or kneeling or whatever else is because she has made the choice to stand while many of her teammates did not. But I also do want to point out that there's never been a thing with this team where like they've all been very explicitly clear that what's right for one may not be right for all. And what one person does is not what the others need to do. This is her actual quote from earlier this year. I think the beauty of this team is that we stand behind each other no matter what. And, you know, players decided to kneel, some players decided to stand, and at the end of the day, we have each other's back. Ultimately, we are here to support one another in any way that we can, and that's what is amazing about this team. Um, I kind of am, like, not remembering much, like, controversy around Mm. all of this. So, like, the reason I want to just say is don't, don't allow yourself to get pulled into straw man arguments about how somebody feels when we talk about people being experts and who they are. Mm. I'm going to just take Carly Lloyd's word for it, that she and this team have spoken up on these topics a number of times. Again, it also feels really convenient that in a lot of women's sports, we pit them against one another where it's like, well, this woman doesn't agree with this. And this doesn't the U S the United States women's soccer team has been explicitly clear for many years that they support one another, no matter what, Mm -hmm they choose to do and not do. I'm so tired of the just obnoxious picking, especially on the U S team, like this, the women's team, because do you remember there's like something they did recently where there's a world war one veteran or world war two veteran. I'm so sorry if I, but it was a sweet older man. He's a veteran. And some of the women were turned toward the United States flag. Mm-hmm. Some were turned toward him neither were disrespectful. They were either turning toward the flag or they were turning toward him. But there were people who literally tried to make a thing of it where they said they were turning their back on him, which is not what happened. Right. Don't allow yourself to get, when we talk about not doing that, don't allow yourself to get sucked into these things that maybe aren't necessarily true. You can just appreciate the car, the history and legacy of Carly Lloyd without having to try to lob insults at other people along the way. It's not necessary. It's, this doesn't need to be some point. No, it's never necessary. Like, honestly, we need to stop. (laughs) And we being blanket again. (laughs) Yes. I just, you know, thank you to Carly Lloyd for your incredible career and for um, being a woman that will certainly inspire um, many younger generations of hopeful, hopefully many generations of soccer players in this country. The United States the interest in soccer in the United States has grown mm-hmm. in a lot in a lot of ways because of what the U.S. women's team has done, um, and Carly Lloyd is absolutely a is absolutely a part of that and yeah. some. So, um, sh- she will be remembered in this sport for her outstanding contribution. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we probably are not done seeing her in some capacity around yeah. this sport. Yeah, um, it would be it would be a shame if if that is it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say she will probably find her way into it, whether it be coaching or some kind of analyst role. She's, she's not done in this world. It's just my gut feeling. (laughs) Well, this, like I said, took much, a much different turn, but we, we can certainly talk about women like Carly Lloyd and maybe, um, like I was looking like it, I had a list of like my, the people who've inspired me, like Billie Jean King. There are so many amazing women in sports. So um, 
it doesn't have to be women in sports. If there's an athlete that inspires you, that is not a woman that is okay. But you can email us at mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. I'm at Aaron Sorensen. She's at Sasha 72 on Twitter. Um, thank you for kind of bearing with us through this episode. I think sometimes I say this a lot, but I walk away feeling a much deeper clarity and just understanding of my own complex feelings on yeah. topics after this episode. <laughs> Or after these episodes, not yeah. just this episode, all the episodes. I feel the same way. Um, I just feel, I felt a little heavy when we started and now I feel significantly lighter. So I'm glad that we were able to have this discussion today. Yes. And thank you to Erica for emailing us yeah. and, you know, providing kind of an outlet to, to step into this space and talk about it because her email, like I said, was very nuanced and she really walked through the process and I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. And then thank you to Danny for sending um, photos and videos of your baby. She's so sweet. Um, but yeah, as always, we really appreciate you listening. Um, happy one year anniversary to Meathead Test Kitchen. Go check out that podcast if you haven't already. Yeah. Yay. Um, crazy. It's been crazy. We're coming up on a year too, ma'am. I know. We'll have to celebrate. We'll <laughs> yeah. just like, I'll get some like party hats. And, we need to get um, with Lucky Bucket and um, Block 16 and um, do our little mashup that we talked about like six months ago. <laughs> yes. Sky, call us. <laughs> do it. You know where to find us. <laughs> bring, bring the drinking game and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> I always love that for those because we say your names quite a bit. It's like one of my favorite things. So I just want you all to know when we eventually do have a listener appreciation party because COVID allows us to, um, we are so excited for all of you to meet in person because this is one amazing group of humans. I'm also excited to meet many of you in person. So yes. we will at some point. We, we will. will at some point. I'm excited. Well, that will do us for another episode, but we will be back next week as we always are. Um, again, email us, tweet at us, uh, send up smoke. Smokes sacks. <laughs> out there. Pigeons. Whatever. Carrier we'll pigeons. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.